Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I'm Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. The Old Testament lesson comes from 2 Kings chapter 5. Naaman was general of the army under the king of Aram. He was important to his master, who held him in the highest esteem because it was by him that God had given victory to Aram, a truly great man, but afflicted with a grievous skin disease. It so happened that Aram, on one of its raiding expeditions against Israel, captured a young girl who became a maid to Naaman's wife. One day she said to her mistress, Oh, if only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria, he would be healed of his skin disease. Naaman went straight to his master and reported what the girl from Israel had said. Well, then go, said the king of Aram, and I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So he went off, taking with him 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothes. Naaman delivered the letter to the king of Israel. The letter read, When you get this letter, you'll know that I've personally sent my servant, Naaman, to you. Heal him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was terribly upset, ripping his robe to pieces. He said, Am I a god with the power to bring death or life, that I get orders to heal this man from his disease? What's going on here? That king's trying to pick a fight, that's what. Elisha, the man of God, heard what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he'd ripped his robe to shreds. He sent word to the king, Why are you so upset, ripping your robe like this? Send him to me, so he'll learn that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman, with his horses and chariots, arrived in style and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed, and you'll be as good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heels, saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me. Call on the name of God. Wave his hand over the diseased spot and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers, Abana and Farpar, are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. He stomped off mad as a hornet, but his servants caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple wash and be clean? So he did it. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan seven times, following the orders of the holy man. His skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was as good as new. Our gospel lesson is from uh, Gospel of Luke. I've mentioned a few times that we are reading through Luke uh, now through the end of the church year. So this will take us up into uh, November. I'll be reading sequentially through this. uh, And if you were here last week, uh, the scripture lesson that we read was the lesson that says Jesus uh, set his face to go to Jerusalem. Uh, And so Jesus is now on his final journey into Jerusalem. He has made the decision or uh, whatever it was that happened that he knows he has to go to Jerusalem and go through the betrayal and crucifixion, uh, resurrection and ascension. And so he is now focused on his mission. Uh, And as I mentioned uh, last Sunday, uh, and I'll try to remind you of this as we go through, try to, when you hear any of these readings from Luke now, hear first, Jesus has set his face to go to Jerusalem. 
He is on that path. He's on this mission, and he's very focused on what he is doing. And so that said, uh, hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of Luke's gospel. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. And see, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone who is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, Go out into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. And the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. These are two very different texts, the Old Testament and the Gospel. The story of of Naaman and the sending of the 70 here by Jesus. But there is a connection. Uh, A connection that I see in there, and it has to do with simplicity and trust detachment, and vulnerability that show up in both of these stories. I think we uh, who are a people who like to overcomplicate things or always want things to be bigger and better, more majestic than the last time. We like things to be dramatic or world-shattering. We who mistrust sometimes that which is simple, which seems too easy, too simple, or who have inflated egos that demand far more than what is simple. I think we would do well to listen to these lessons and to learn. Naaman here has leprosy. He's a warrior, and he has leprosy. And no one has been able to cure it for him, although the text doesn't say that he's been searching for a cure 
uh, or tried to have this healed, I, I think it's implied here that he has probably spent years trying to have this taken care of, and nothing has worked. None of his own people uh, have been able to do anything for him. Uh, and so I would think that he has tried many times, and he's probably getting pretty desperate, he and his king, uh, and those that rely on him. And so he hears from this servant girl, a, a, a Hebrew woman that he had stolen on a raid. He was uh, often in battle against the Hebrew people. He hears from the servant girl about a, a prophet of, of her people, these people that Naaman's been battling against, and he figures it's worth a try. Why not? I've tried everything else that's around me. Why not give this a shot? worth a try, and his king agrees, and so off, off he goes to meet this prophet. And here is where we might listen closely. He is first uh, greeted by a lackey of Elisha, and Elisha is the prophet that took over from Elijah. We read uh, the story of uh, Elisha last week as well. He's first greeted by, by this Lackey, assistant, a mere associate, an apprentice, someone. Uh, He's greeted uh, not by the big guy himself, Elisha. And so this kind of cheeses Naaman off. He's a big, important guy. He's big and important, and he uh, is certainly more important uh, than just getting an assistant. He ought to get the real guy. Yeah, like the, the big money folks that get to talk to the head of the bank, not, not one of the lower people there at the bank, or the celebrities that get to talk to the chef at the restaurant just because they're the celebrities and they're famous, and maybe they get the free meal because of the advertising that the restaurant is going to bring. But uh, you know, the, uh, some of the lower people that don't get to talk to the chef might be the people that actually know more about food and might have a more interesting conversation with the chef. And I I remember when I was working at uh, McKinsey, the consulting firm, uh, one of our our directors, we had, you know, there's partners and then directors, so this is a pretty senior guy. Uh, And he would often call his secretary if he had to stand in line at the airport. He would call the secretary and say, I can't remember her name, but whatever her name was, I'm standing in line. There are people ahead of me. Like, how dare they be ahead of me? And she would say, well, are you in the first class line? And he said, yeah. He goes, well, do you think the people in front of you might also have first class tickets? And he goes, yeah. She like, then what am I going to do? Stand in line. You just have to live with it. They're also important people. You don't get to go ahead all the time. I, and, and so Naaman is upset at being mistreated here. This is a complete breach of protocol. I mean, he's got a letter from his king to the king of Israel. He ought to be greeted by the prophet himself, not by a lackey. And a lackey who just gives him a message that doesn't even say, all right, now come meet uh, the prophet. Basically says, you're never going to meet the prophet. Just here, do this and go off. Uh, and, And then there's this second offense here in the message, which just says, go in the Jordan and wash. Nice and simple. 
Go wash in the Jordan. Uh, he finds this completely intolerable. He said, I could have washed in the rivers back home. The water there is cleaner. If nothing else, at least I would be clean. I would actually be washed. Naaman wants something complicated. This is not big enough for him. It's too simple. Too simple. He is so determined, so determined that things have to be a certain way, that he's willing to disbelieve the simple path. He's come all this distance, surely at great expense. He probably has a huge group of people with him. So he's had to bring uh, food and provisions for all of them and for the livestock. And, and everything else that he has has been a, a long trip. He's invested a lot of time and effort in the hopes of finally getting rid of this leprosy. And yet, when given such easy instructions, he would rather walk away than to take the risk of believing that this might work. He wants it to be more complicated than it is. And he doesn't want to accept that it's not complicated. And I wonder how much healing have we walked away from because we didn't think it should be so easy to find it or to have it? Or how, uh, how much healing have we uh, refused to give to others because it seemed too easy for them? Because it wasn't demanding enough on them for us to offer them healing. But with God, it is that easy, especially for forgiveness and reconciliation, for being loved and included in God's plan. Just ask for it. That's it. Just ask for it. Actually, you don't even need to ask for it. You have it. All you have to do is believe that you have it. And even if you don't believe that you have it, you still have it anyway. Trust that it's there. That is all it takes. It's not complicated. So give it a shot. And then with the disciples here and the the rest of the, the 70 that Jesus sends out are also given simplicity as a way of life. On their mission and on their journey, Jesus says, take nothing with you. Be fully reliant on God. Trust that God will make sure that you'll get whatever you need. And when you go into a town and go into a house, give them peace. Give them peace. Say to them, peace. And while you're there, stay in one place. Don't be busy. And eat the food that they give you. Eat whatever is set before you. And Jesus is telling them to detach themselves from their religious traditions and their cultural norms, uh, their expectations, what they've been culturally and socially conditioned to expect. He's saying detach yourselves from all of that. There's a lot of stuff you don't need to worry about. Don't worry about the dietary laws. Just be good guests and eat whatever they offer, even if it's not kosher. They're going into a Gentile area, so they're not going to be finding much kosher food or kosher living here. And Jesus says, don't worry about that. Don't worry about staying in a Gentile home or eating with them. It's okay. Don't worry about what your culture says is right. Do right by God. 
Do what God wants you to do. And then they have this evangelistic message to offer, and sometimes we're afraid of that word, evangelism or evangelistic. But the message here is very easy. When you go into a town, give them peace. Bring your peace. Heal the sick. Tell them that the kingdom is near. That's pretty easy and merciful. There's nothing here about forcing them or convincing them or trying to be eloquent or giving them some incredibly uh, detailed and irrefutable argument about why they ought to believe or come to know uh, Jesus or God. There's nothing here about threatening them. He tells them don't act higher than them just because of who you are. Be equal with, with them. Be who you are supposed to be. Peaceful, kind, healing, and present. And let God do the rest. Let God do the rest. By giving up uh, their stuff, by going out without anything, I think there's less chance there of relying on gimmicks or thinking that it's their own cleverness uh, that has uh, helped them out. Leave it to God. And if the city doesn't want you, then leave. As simple as that. Last week, uh, we had the message uh, in the story, there was the city that didn't want to receive Jesus. And so James and John asked, well, should we then uh, send down fire upon the city and destroy it? And Jesus says, no. No, that's completely against everything I've taught you for the last couple of years. Why would you even think of that? Uh, And so there there is here, if the city doesn't accept you, just leave. Don't worry about it. Let it be. God will take care in, in God's way. And there's also another thing here in this gospel lesson. It certainly is about the disciples, these 70 being sent out uh, to go and deliver this message in towns. But the disciples are going out with nothing. They're going out with nothing. And they're going to towns that they don't know to meet people that don't know them. They are going in as basically the homeless stranger who has nothing. Strangers in a strange land. So what does that say about us? Who have been the strangers in our midst that perhaps were messengers from God, but we didn't listen or didn't want to listen? Who have been the strangers that have come to us who had nothing that we turned away or refused to show hospitality or refused to listen to their story simply because they were different? or didn't meet our expectations of what a messenger of God ought to look like. I think we see this certainly in our street ministry. Meeting with people we don't know who don't have much, if anything, but who can tell us amazing things about God, about love and grace. So often God speaks through the stranger. Our cultural norms and traditions often will say that they're not 
respectable and they shouldn't be listened to or they're not important. Maybe they're not part of God's plan. But what does Jesus say about how we should hold our cultural conditioning and rules? Most of the time he says, let it go. Don't worry about it. Do what is right in the eyes of God. Let it go. Be peaceful. Be a healing presence. Be inviting. Be loving. Be merciful. And let God take care of everything else. Amen. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.